Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified and you as a listener would be edified. Please be sure to hit that like button and follow us so each time we release our weekly podcast, you can get an alert. If you like us, please tell others about us as well and pray for this podcast to continue to grow as it has done so by leaps and bounds and it's by God's blessing that we are able to do what we are doing. For more information about us please visit our webpage at biblicalquestion.com all lowercase all one word and there you can find links to our social media accounts a way of contacting us with your Bible question or your prayer request and if you're a prayer warrior I'd encourage you please to go to our webpage and and go to that part of the webpage there that link to take you to the prayer list. I know I get an email once and say, well, that list doesn't change very often. You're right. It, it does not change that often. However, we're adding a new feature to it. We're going to put up there a weekly uh, on Saturdays when we release a podcast. We're going to ask you to pray for a certain country around the world. In this way, we're all praying for that nation together. It will change weekly, of course. And praying that the church there will be... Uh, Edify, they'll be strong uh, for those who are being persecuted, for the government leaders of that country, and so on. I, I think it's important that we try to do this. Uh, we just kind of starting it off. Already had a couple positive comments about it, and that's great. I appreciate that. Uh, we also on our webpage, you can listen to our podcast, obviously there, but you can listen to previous podcasts as well on your favorite podcasting app. We are in quite a few of them, and it's amazing to me how many uh, podcasting apps are out there. Uh, some of them are very dominating over others, uh, but we seem to be on most of them. Uh, there's a couple that we are not. We've tried to get on them, and for whatever reasons, uh, we're not able to. I'm guessing it's because of the Christian menu that we offer. Uh, we're not politically correct. We try to be biblically correct and make that effort really strong we pray that God would always allow us to be honest and truthful about his word and that's why each and every podcast if you've listened to us at all open a bible and follow along and that's what I want you to do today uh, we're going to be doing an overview of the book of Ephesians this will be a little longer podcast than normal uh, we did an overview of Matthew here a little bit ago and I actually had quite a few comments that they really liked it and so I, I thought well we'll try it again I know in our Western society especially in America uh, I've been in congregations where you preach more than 15 minutes and they, they fall asleep they're ready to go home and or they're giving you this hand signals to stop uh, they want to make sure they're out within an hour they want to beat everybody to the restaurant they also, I call it the Walt Disney generation, where these folks, they just watch TV, and every 10 minutes, or 7 minutes now probably, I, our TV's rarely on, but there's a commercial, so they get a break from whatever it is that you're watching, you get up and use the restroom, and go get you a snack, and then when the show comes back on, you can really get into it, and so uh, that really affects us. Um, in our life and that's too bad I know years ago that was not an issue as it once uh, as it is now excuse me but we're going to overdue uh, of Ephesians and so 
Again, if you have a Bible, please open it and follow along. You can also look at one online for free. Uh, there is a link there on our webpage. If you click on the uh, daily Bible verse, it will take you to a, a webpage that offers a free Bible uh, and a version of your choice and many uh, other languages. And so open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, we will be there in just a moment. You know, I know it's hard to believe, and it's really not about you. It's it's not about me. And I know that contradicts everything that we've ever been taught in our society, especially in the Western Hemisphere, uh, what to believe and what not. This individuality thrives in our society in America. It really, it infests like a bad fungus in the church in America and probably most of the Western world. We are born and bred here to, to believe that we have a right to be our own person, make our own rules, and pursue our own dreams. There's an old song, uh, My Way. I think Sinatra and Elvis Presley uh, made that song uh, very popular, but it describes most people, if not all people, uh, in our society. And sadly, believe it or not, it even describes people in the church. This individuality has helped create a, a consumer mentality within church groups. and uh, People in our day and time, they actually, they do, they go church shopping. Uh, they like to shop like for new clothes or whatever. Uh, they like to look around in the store or at the car uh, a dealership they like to go look at different models and compare prices and, and finally they we settle on whatever it is and we buy it based off of how it fits our needs our wants and desires and so how could it be any other way right and so that's how we're taught there's also a famous food chain here. I'm not supporting them in any way, shape, or form, but they have the slogan, have it your way. And so we have this Burger King mentality uh, society. It's all about me, myself, and I. And you've heard me talk about this kind of thing before and how I really feel about all that. So, But when we think this way and, and we put this in, in perspective, with Christ and his church and we start to think that the church is all about us our wants our needs our desires and most of us are so deeply into this mentality that we find it hard even to conceive a different perspective that the system of faith you know we just it just turns on its head worship becomes more uh, about my satisfaction rather than God's glory or praising his name. You know, we want to feel good at church. And, and we don't want to hear sermons that uh, we're sinners and there is a wrath of God to come. And we don't want any of that. Uh, we don't want to hear how somebody had to suffer and die so that you and I could live spiritually. We don't want to hear that. We we just want to feel good. We we want excitement. We want to be entertained. We, we want to hear how great we are, how good-looking we are, and what kind of surgeries we've had lately or whatever. You know, we don't want to hear 
that our works cannot save us. Because we really, all the religions of the world, worldly religions, teach, you know, if you do 51% good, 49% bad, you made it. And that's not Christianity at all. And so, if we're trying to find a congregation, and I know it is really hard to find a biblical, scriptural, balanced congregation. Uh, There's some congregations out here around us where we're at. I mean, they're, they're very biblical in what they teach, but the problem is they only have one subject. That's it. They're not very rounded. And, and, so, and they only fish after fish that look and smell like them. They really don't want to be truly fishers of men. And they don't uh, want to go from Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning to that amen at the maps at the end of your Bible and teach the entire Word of God. They get hung up uh, on them, themselves. And so, uh, again, I know it's really hard uh, to find a congregation that wants to do that. But we need to be looking for a group who's teaching this way. And, and when, when you find a church group, the name on the building does not save you, by the way. It's uh, it, it, a group that is not worried about being politically correct. Uh, they're not worried about hurting your feelings. All they're worried about is telling you what God has to say, and they're reading it from the Word of God. And this is hard to find. I know when I was in, in, in the Philippines there, uh, the church would get very disappointed if they heard a typical Sunday morning sermon here in America. Uh, they'd be upset. And so uh, they want to know that they're sinners. They want to hear what's a sin. They want to know how they're going to avoid this sin. And they lean on each other for great support and, and encouragement. And we failed to do that in America, especially because we had this individual idea that it's all about me and myself and I. So when you find a church group, honestly, whether it's in somebody's home or at a building and they're teaching the entire Word of God, I would hang on to that group. I would try to, to learn with them and grow with them. You know, this idea of a buffet of churches. You know, I've watched people at buffets. Uh, I personally don't care for them. But I've watched people in the past. They don't eat everything that's on the buffet. And, and when we treat the Bible and the Word of God, the, the doctrine of Christ like a smorgasbord and we begin to pick and choose only those things that interest us that's not right uh, this sadly is how many of us approach the bible and the teachings of the bible uh, we we take what we like and we just kind of leave the rest uh, well my kids are involved in that kind of lifestyle so i'm just going to leave that alone i'm not going to say anything uh, the Bible can't be totally correct there because uh, little Johnny, he, he's really good. And little Susie, you know, we just love her to death. But thou, you can still love people, but you did not have to accept uh, their lifestyle. And so uh, we need to understand that this individuality is not, it's not biblical. Individuality, it affects how we relate to others in the church as well. A lot of us attend church for what we can get out of it. It's like a, a small a minority of people lead, uh, a small group teach and serve, 
and the rest of the folks they just kind of sit there and soak it up whatever others uh, can provide it's a big social club it's a place to hang out and have fun with friends and that's just the way it's supposed to be if it's all about us but however it's not and the big part of the message of Ephesians will tell us this again and again that the life of a Christ follower is not about us it's all about him it's all about Jesus and the Apostle Paul will make this point in a variety of different ways in every chapter. And I'm a really firm believer that everybody who is a seasoned, mature Christian, or believe they are, really need to know this book. Ephesians, Colossians, and Philippians. They, we really need to know it. Those are really good letters uh, for us to know. Uh, this letter of Ephesians is one of Paul's prison letters. Excuse me. Um, he wrote this book late in his ministry after he'd been arrested in Jerusalem and transported to Rome for trial. It is addressed to the Christians in Ephesus. Uh, it would say in the saints in Ephesus. Uh, this is a city that is in what we would call today Western Turkey. Paul made the center of this city uh, his ministry for this entire region. This would be the center point. Uh, he did travel to nearby communities. He would set up ministry training uh, in the center of the school of Ephesus there. And people would come and learn the gospel and he would teach them and they would take it out. Kind of like what we do today, basically, and for preaching schools or seminaries, whatever term you want to use. Uh, he was there for three years. Again, he trains leaders and He's in Ephesus longer than any other location in the time of his ministry. Uh, Paul will be forced to leave Ephesus uh, because of the protest of, of the city's uh, silversmiths. And so many uh, of the Ephesian people were being converted to Christ. They are abandoning the worship of their idols and the idol maker business. Uh, they're losing money. They're not making a living anymore selling their idols. And you can read about that in Acts chapter 19 and uh, the last part of 19 into the first part of Acts chapter 20. But Ephesians really is divided into two parts. The first uh, chapter, three chapters actually, lays out a doctrinal foundation, while the last half, uh, chapters 4 through 6, they, it outlines how these teachings apply to the Christian lifestyle. And this is a very important principle. Behavior always follows belief. Behavior always follows belief. A doctor and duty cannot be separated. As much as people want to try to separate them, they really cannot be separated. Uh, stated along in these theological terms in the first half of Ephesus explains the believer's salvation. Uh, the second part describes the believer's sanctification or the quality of life that distinguishes the believer from the unbeliever. Unlike many of other Paul's letters, Ephesians does not address a particular problem. 
Uh, boy, if you read the, the letters to the church in, in Corinth, for example, the church is plagued with issues, and Paul's trying to help straighten it out through writing them a letter and trying to explain to them what they need to be doing or not doing. Uh, overall, the Ephesian church at this time, when Paul is writing them, uh, appears to be a healthy uh, group. Uh, Paul does not seem to be uh, so much about correcting them as he is just reminding them. Uh, Ephesians is about an everyday faith and everyday living for all Christians uh, for all times. Even though this letter was written to the church in Ephesus in the day of Paul, it does have application for us today. And so was it directly written to us? Well, of course not. But the application is there uh, because we are in the church and so Ephesians 3, verses 8 through 11 says this, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles, to the infallible riches of Christ, and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the Manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and to the authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. So as you study through Ephesians, you will see how many of these these themes tell us it's not about me, it's it's, it's, it's not about you. It's all about God. It's about God and His grace. Uh, this Christian message is, again, it's about what Christ has done for us and not what we do. Again, I, I know I said this a little bit ago, but most religions of the world are about self, how I can improve, how I can do this, this, or that. And that will gain me uh, points with God and I will earn his favor. Most religions are about how people can reach up to God. I mean, again, through their rituals, their ceremonies, uh, the right behavior to, to capture the God attention that they want. They want a God's favor. Our salvation is God's idea. It is not mankind's idea. God sought us out. He reached down to us and he made the sacrifice. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be, be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to an adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind of intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, 
which he has lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. Again, see, listeners, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about God's grace on full display in Christ. A couple things here. One is none of us can boast about our standing with God. We really did not earn it. We did not deserve it. You can turn with me here to Ephesians chapter 2. And this emphasizes uh, this truth. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 4. We're going to go through verse 10. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so we would walk in them. Turn with me here in a moment here to chapter 4. Again, a lot of people quote this verse, uh, we're saved by grace through faith, and that's where they stop. But really, the, the verse keeps going. Why is that? So we and I cannot boast about what we have done. Again, it's not about us. We haven't done anything except break God's law. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that because of his sacrifice in the blood that we have forgiveness. We have a relationship that makes us clean and we can stand before God. It's always been about grace, even in the Old Testament. So, chapter 4, verse 1 through the verse 6 says, Therefore... I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and bond of peace. There is only one body and one Spirit, just also as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, of all who is over all and through all and all and all. Boy, say that too fast. Okay, so again, all about God. All about it. And so there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. That's the the grace through faith that God has allowed us to be able to approach Him. Our faith comes from God by hearing the Word of God. There's nothing I do on my own to get my own faith. And grace, it's all about grace. And I know I have listeners who will say, oh, we're only saved by baptism. Oh, we're only saved by a prayer. No, you're saved by grace. Without grace, you would have no baptism. You would not have an avenue of prayer. You would not have the Word of God. 
without grace you have nothing not even the air that you breathe it's not about you it's not about me it's about a ministry working together to glorify Christ we are all saved in the very same way half of us are not saved through a prayer the other half are not saved through a baptism we're all saved the same way through the blood of Christ and we need each other we really do and you know it amazes me how people come to, to church every Sunday and they act like we're the best of friends and all oh, we love you we care about you but we never hear anything uh, from them the rest of the week in fact uh, you go knocking on the door which I've done more than once uh, to visit and they act like they're not home they don't want to talk to you and so we we need to understand our individualistic world uh, tries very hard to convince us that we can be the lone ranger of Christians and the Bible says we can no more survive as a believer apart from other believers as an amber cannot stay hot once it's removed from the fire that amber will go out God designed the church to function as a group effort each person depends on others not a single part is unimportant you know I, I don't know how many times I've heard uh, preachers and the leaders of congregations really beating up on its members to get out knock on doors and uh, have Bible studies with friends and family and half of them not most of them uh, could even walk in the building without help and they sure can't climb stairs and the little old lady who writes a card to everybody in the church whether they're sick get well card or birthday card anniversary whatever that is a ministry and that is very encouraging I love getting those uh, in the mail I know that's kind of old-fashioned but I really do appreciate it somebody took the time to do that I think that shows me that how much they really want uh, to encourage the body not a single part is unimportant read with me here in, in verse uh, chapter 4 verse starting in verse 11 and he gave some as apostles some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ that would be the church verse 13 until we can all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the statue which belongs to the fullness of Christ as a result we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by the ways and carried about in every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men by the craftiness and deceitful scheming verse 15 but speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head even Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up itself in love so again if this is a group effort 
whether it's a small group meeting in a home somewhere because they're being persecuted, they're hiding in secret, uh, to the mega churches that are uh, around the country and dying. Uh, since COVID, a lot of those buildings are not even close to being full, and many of them are having trouble making the building payment. So, but wherever it is that you're worshiping, I hope they're doing it in spirit and truth. I hope they're teaching the whole Bible, the complete Bible, and they're telling us and explaining to us this is all about God and His glory. He is the Creator. He is the Savior. He is our Shepherd. He's the leader. He's the head of the church, uh, not some guy sitting on the front pew somewhere uh, ready to count money or whatever. And so it's about living for Christ. The Christian life is not about making us feel good. I'm not saying there's not blessings and rewards that make us feel good. It's really, those are a byproduct. It's really about glorifying Christ. Our lives should be lived in such a way that our behavior makes one, other people want to learn more about Jesus and who he is. And this is what Jesus meant by his disciples uh, when he was talking at, at, in the Sermon on the Mount. Being salt, being the light of the world. Our way of life should make those around us very thirsty for the water of life. He who says, uh, he, he leaves his Christian values at the door when he goes to work. I think I've used that before. I actually know a man who says that. Uh, sadly, he's missing the whole point of, of a Christ-like walk. Back to chapter 4, verse 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as Gentiles also walk, in other words, the unbelievers, and the fertility in their own mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. Verse 18. And they had become callous, having given themselves over to sensuality, for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ this way. Verse 21. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, that you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with lust and deceit. Verse 23. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new south, which is that likeness of God that has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speaking truth to each one, you witness with his neighbor. For we are members of for one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather must labor, performing his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who is in need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as good for the advocation according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. 
Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed from the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Verse 32, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God, as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us as an offering and sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Again, listeners, at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about what we want or what can we get out of following Jesus because I guarantee you there are people who listen to this podcast who are persecuted for believing in Jesus. They they risk jail. They risk losing their jobs, their families, and so on. It's about glorifying Christ. And, and I hold to the thought that every Christian should really again know the this epistle. We are to be imitators of God. We need to be careful and, and stay away from empty words and not to be deceived by them. Not being deceived means that we're going to have to really truly know the word of God. You're going to have to read it for yourself and study it and pray about it and it's a lifelong project. If that's what it takes. It takes grit. It takes sand. But the Word of God, if you really know it, helps you stay away from being drawn into false teaching. And this is why, I, again, I always try to encourage the listeners of this podcast to open a Bible and follow along. I mean, again, notice in verse 6, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons at disobedience. Paul's will encourage the family setting of marriage and using uh, that relationship that Christ has with the church as a perfect example of a marital relationship. And starting in chapter 5, uh, verse 22 into the first part of her, uh, chapter 6 and, and to those children who are product of marriage I mean he will talk about uh, obeying your parents okay all of us need to be strong in Christ we all need to have protection that Christ and his word provide a, a famous part of this epistle comes uh, into our podcast as well that we're, we're to put in the full armor gone put it all on and this is where most people stop in this letter about the full armor of God the ending verses I believe are just as important and that would be the subject of prayer we overlook the power of prayer so much in the church today in America our prayers are very short uh, they seem to be very repetitive the same people are presenting that prayer every Sunday. And God bless them for wanting to get up and lead the public prayer. A lot of people don't like to do that for whatever reasons. But we all need to have more prayer time together at church. I don't know how much clearer we could make that. We need to have a serious prayer time 
of believers as well privately. Notice here in chapter 5, starting in verse 18, it says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. The word saints, we would use the term Christian today. Verse 19, And pray on my behalf the utterance that may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Uh, listeners, I don't know if you've ever read the last part of Ephesians, but even this apostle Paul needed prayers. He's begging and asking for prayers. So what makes us think today that we don't need the church praying for us? We need to be praying for each other each and every day as well for those uh, to go into places where only brave people would go uh, to be missionaries and to teach the gospel. Are we holding that rope for them through prayer? Paul's reasons he's asking for prayers is so that he would continue to preach the gospel message and do it boldly without fear. Even today, the gospel is being attacked and really watered down in a lot of places with those who speak the truth of the message. And here is Paul in chains. In other words, he's in jail for teaching the gospel. He's still preaching to anyone who will listen. We really need to copy and follow the example that Paul has laid out. Verse 23. Peace to the brethren in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. What a beautiful closing uh, to this letter. And it will be our closing for the podcast. I want to thank you for listening and please tell others about us. Hit that like button. Make sure you follow us through our webpage and social media accounts. Uh, shoot us an email if you have a Bible question we'd like to try to answer for you if all possible please put a subject in the uh, email so that we'll pick it out easier we get lots and lots of spam and may God bless you and may he have the glory